0: Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Miesler, and this show provides content curation as a service, with a focus on the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend between 5 and 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, and each episode is either a curated summary of what I've discovered in the past week, or a standalone essay that hopefully gives you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 184. This is Daniel Miesler. I am going to be kicking off the beginning of podcasts a little bit differently. I'm going to start with notes, which I normally have about three quarters of the way through. But I think talking about the stuff that's variable and a little bit personal is better to put in the beginning. So for this week, I've been thinking about doing something called product discovery as a service, which came to me as I've been listening to a bunch of podcasts. So As I listen to like Joe Rogan or Sam Harris or Tim Ferriss or whoever, if they have, I guess Sam Harris doesn't have actual ads in the podcast, but anyone who does have them, right, I, I find I always like them. And it reminds me a lot of logging into Facebook, which I never really do. But if I were to log into Facebook, I would usually see an ad or multiple ads for stuff. And I end up buying a lot of that stuff. I really like the ads. And every time I hear an ad on a podcast, I usually want to go and buy that product. So I'm like, why can't I just get a feed of these ads? It's really funny because I don't want to use Facebook as a product, but I do want to use the ads that it produces. So I'm thinking about adding a section in the newsletter and podcast for just product discovery. It's like, oh, these are the coolest things I've ever seen. And right now I don't really have a way of finding more products, but I guess I could subscribe to some feeds that have cool stuff like in gadget and stuff like that. But I really want to benefit from the vetting that other people are doing. So if say Joe Rogan or uh, I don't know, somebody like that who has the option to put anything as a sponsor and they're going from a thousand products down to two, You know, I I would like to benefit from that and have that be part of the feed. I'm not sure if I could make any money from that. I don't really want to conflict with the subscriber model. And I also don't want to be beholden to anyone that I mention in in the list. And I also don't want to do the management of like, are you on the list? Are you not on the list? So I want it to be like super frictionless, just kind of very casual. So um, if you have any ideas on that, I would appreciate it. Also just finished the Mistborn book finally. It was somewhat underwhelming. I would say it was probably like a B minus. I'm currently reading Fall by Neil Stephenson and it's really, really getting interesting. I feel like if I were to write fiction, it'd be a lot like this. I wrote a new tutorial on AMAS. It's actually AMAS, not AMAS. But um, yeah, you can find it on the site under study slash AMAS. And... uh, I need to get more into doing videos on YouTube, Um, more specifically screencasts on YouTube. I think people just prefer watching things to reading them or listening to them. So if you don't see me doing more of this in the next few months, please uh, give me a friendly prod in that direction. All right, so uh, security news. I created a new tutorial on OWASP Amass, as I talked about, and I also just joined the team as a contributor as well. Chinese hacking groups have been embedded deep inside multiple major U.S. tech firms for many years, including Fujitsu, Tata, NTT, Dimension Data, and HPE. First thing I thought of and the first thing you should be thinking is where else are they now, (laughs) which we haven't yet discovered, right? Amazon is getting heavier into the SEM space, kind of. Um, It's kind of like SEM only for AWS products with their new Amazon Security Hub offering. It basically takes in events from tons of different AWS things, and then it surfaces to you, you know, with all the machine learnings or whatever, um, it surfaces to you the stuff that you should be looking at. Uh, I wonder if they're ever gonna move into non-AWS things for this. They also launched a new service that lets you monitor your AWS VPC traffic, and a bunch of actual SEM companies have jumped on board and said, yeah, we're compatible with this. Uh, The Pentagon has a laser that identifies individuals by monitoring their heartbeat. And this is from 200 meters away. A group made an extraordinary deepfake of Tom Cruise walking and talking. And it was made even better because it was placed on the body of a top tier Tom Cruise impressionist. So what's also remarkable is how cheap and little time it took to make the deepfake. I think it was like just a number of hours. And it was on like a high-end PC. It wasn't like some you know, giant Cray stored it in your closet type computer. It was just a kind of the, um, like a top end, like alien vault. I think it's called Pujo Puget or whatever is the name of the computer. But it's just like a crazy NVIDIA card and lots of RAM. It's like nothing, nothing unbelievable. I, I want to say like probably 10 grand or 15 grand for the computer, but you can actually rent them out. That was cool. Um, NSA got hacked, but isn't it always hacked? I don't understand how they tell when one hack ends and the next one begins. I mean, this used to be the joke like back in the late 90s or whatever that like everyone hacks NASA. Maybe that stopped being funny. I don't, I don't know when, but it, maybe it did. People are getting concerned that the number of US defense contractors is shrinking to the point that there's not enough competition. Well, add me to the list of people who are concerned about that. Alphabet Chronicle is joining Google Cloud. Yeah, and I've got a friend who just joined Chronicle, and I think was excited about how independent it was. Now it's part of Google. I don't think that's too much of an issue, but probably a little strange. Happened the same week he got there. Advisories, tripwires, patch priority index. I was really looking for something like this. It's basically I want something that rates all the different vulnerabilities for like Patch Tuesday, and then just like does analysis of what you should look at first. Anyway, there's some cool companies that do vulnerability analysis, and I think this would be the type of thing that they should put out. Although it might be their main product, so maybe they don't want to put that out for free. And ABB had some issues with their HMI systems. Companies Now Secure raised $15 million to automate mobile security and privacy testing. I did some interaction with them back in the day when I was doing mobile testing. Um, They were promising back then. It was kind of cumbersome and kludgy and but they had good results pretty quickly in kind of a, you know, repeatable sort of way. So I imagine that's only gotten better. Technology news. Mesos isn't new, but it's probably one of the coolest infrastructure technology projects out there. It abstracts compute resources away from machines. So you could basically write code against faceless compute. Check it out if you're not familiar. Mophie just put out a new three-in-one power station hub that does USB-C, USB-A, and is also a is it key? I don't know how to pronounce it. QI, wireless charger Looks great, but I'm an Anker guy, so I'll probably wait for that. that. This is an example of like a product I would put in that feed. Like looks pretty cool. Although I'm not sure this would make the cut. It's not quite, it's like a B instead of an A. Uh, researchers built an AI that can simulate the universe, including how dark matter works, but they're not sure how it does it so well that's what's cool about machine learning is it just kind of figures stuff out. Harvard built a tiny little solar-powered flight machine which is lighter than a paperclip and can also fly on just solar power. Twitch is looking into subscriber-only streams. I think they're already doing a beta of that. DisplayPort 2.0 will support two 8K displays or one 16K display. Human news A physician came up with a score that predicts death within 10 years for people over 54 years old based on how many ailments they have. And they actually released the tool, which I took a look at. It was pretty cool. really just assigns a number to the ailments and then just adds up the number at the end if you fall within a range. I'm sure they did science to be part of that, but it seemed rather crude. But maybe you don't need much more than that. It's like, well, you have... 13 of these 20 really bad things you're going to die within 10 years. Uh, mindfulness keeps being shown as a fix for procrastination. I really should have written a better sentence there. But um, yeah, this is something Harari said on stage uh, when he was here in San Francisco. He said, there's no way I could have written all these books without uh, the meditation practice that I have. But I think he write, he, he meditates like a crazy amount. And lots of other people write books without being meditators. So, you know, I definitely believe him that it helps him, but, you know, maybe he could have done it without it and he wouldn't know. A program in Kalamazoo, Michigan made community college free and is now seeing its first results. The outcome appears to be that it massively helped mid and upper income people, but did very little for lower income people. The explanation, which resonates with me based on my reading, like I've read a whole bunch on this, is that finance is only one barrier and it's like an onion of other problems that that stop someone from going to college or getting a good job. And for higher income, the money is actually a pretty major barrier, right? Because they have other stuff sorted out. But for lower income people, having the money is one of the smaller issues because their home life and just like the, the core drama of their regular life and the resulting behaviors from that cause more friction than even the tuition cost. So what you end up with is like, it's kind of a conservative take on things, which is that you have to fix families and culture before you can use money to solve things. And then once you do fix those things, then the money really helps a lot. So I, I thought that was fascinating, you know, see actual numbers on that. And there's a good link in the newsletter. New MIT AI tool can predict breast cancer up to five years early and Lyme disease cases continue to rise. Uh, ideas, trends, and analysis. Regulated corporate data champions. This is an essay I just wrote today, uh, pretty quick, pretty short. Basically the idea is what if we had, the government required that people select a data champion or one gets assigned to them by default, and the corporations are responsible, they have to go get the certification for being a data champion, and w- Uh, a customer would choose one, let's say it's called, you know, um, I don't know, Datix or whatever. Let's call it Datix. And it's like, okay, the the consumer chooses Datix. And here's what happens once they do. They get full rights of protection to all of that customer's data. So they go and get it. Whoever's the current champion or whoever currently they do business with, Datix reaches out to them and says, hey, I'm the advocate for so-and-so person please send me all their data and securely delete all the data that you have on them because you're no longer the data champion and you're legally not allowed to deal with their data anymore. Right. And then it goes on a campaign to find all of that person's data, all just sprinkled all over the internet, just in various places, all these, you know, um, whatever, dark web locations, forums, like in any place that's just lying around, they go and clean it up. That's their whole job as a data champion. Then they remain the advocate. So when this person, you know, Julie, goes to buy something and it's like, oh, I need your data. Well, Datix is the broker, is, is the monitor, is the champion for making sure that they only get the right amount of data that they're supposed to get. And obviously this has something to do with the platform that they're using, the computer that they're using, OS and everything. But they're, they're the one managing this thing. Think of it like active. So it's not just protecting the data that's being held by Datix, It's about actively managing all that person's data, right? So it's an active, proactive, you know, privacy advocate for you. And that is according to a bunch of standards that are pushed by the government. And the government also requires that, you know, it's basically encouraging people to have this uh, service. So, So the idea is to align incentives, right? So rather than having it so corporations sell your data because they can make a little money off of it. Instead, turn them into, or some some subset of them, turn them into these data champions so they make the money by the government giving them money to be a broker for you. So there is a there is an amount of money that goes for data protection for each person. And these data um, champions are competing to be the one who gets that money, right? So the consumer chooses, oh, I heard Datix is really good. Boom, they're getting my money. Now, the government gives them some money. Maybe the consumer gives them money as well. But either way, you make the incentive much higher for them to do a good job doing that data championship as opposed to selling it. So I think that's cool. It's a good combination of private and you know government. Uh, there's now something called cloud kitchens, and people are getting worried that they can hurt the restaurant industry. They're basically places where you show up, you cook food that you know people will buy, and then... A lot of them, I don't think they're even doing like a local restaurant. They're just kind of like having Uber Eats come and get the food and send it out. And a lot of restaurants are like, wow, this is a cool idea, but this could really hurt us. Uh, basically, people are going out less and they're just staying home and having stuff delivered. Desalinization is getting more interesting as an approach to water shortages, but there are downsides. Discovery, sketch to code. You write on it like an index card or whatever, a piece of paper and you draw like a little box that that's like an input field on a web page, right? And you have a little down arrow or whatever, and you label it. Well, you do that a whole bunch. You have like a text field, you got some dropdown fields or whatever. Take a picture, upload it to this AI site run by Microsoft. And uh, it converts it into actual HTML. You download the HTML and it's got an actual dropdown box. Is that insane? That's insane. A write-up on the Chinese surveillance tool MF socket, how to stay productive when flying economy, what Steven Pinker believes is an, uh, that an education should be. My buddy, Dave Kennedy put up a great blog post on the new Sysmon release. How Google adopted BeyondCorp, the power of one pushup. There are better metrics for health than BMI. This was a super cool article basically saying that uh, like grip strength when you're over 80 predicts like how much longer you're going to live. Like there's way better metrics than just BMI. I like looking for those metrics in other things, right? Not just not just health or security. Now, our Unicorn has some great tutorials on getting into reverse engineering. And Google says the best bosses in the world do these 10 things, which uh, you have to click on the link for, which is in the newsletter. Notes. Um, already covered that in the beginning of the show. Recommendations. I want you to consider, if you're listening to this, consider making a YouTube video. Um, And it doesn't mean it's got to be a camera pointed at your face. You should make a screencast and you should make it for whatever the thing is that you care about most. It could be like cat grooming. It could be, you know, computer security. It could be, you know, writing a book or the books that you like the most, whatever it is, make five slides, make 10 slides, whatever, and do a narration that goes along with the thing and put it up on YouTube. The number of skills that you will have to do to do this, you have to build a narrative, you have to build a story, you have to build a structure of what the video will say. You've got to go and find some slides and put them together. Then you've got to do the recording. Then you've got to use the editing software. All these things combined, it is a project and it is super rewarding to be able to, to tell a story in like a visual way. And that's why I was saying in the beginning of the thing, I want to do more of this. Like I've done it many times uh, for various reasons, but I want to make this site and this show, you know, more visual, more about YouTube in addition to, um, you know, pure writing, pure essays and podcasts and audio and the aphorism for the week, be braver, be braver. You can't cross a chasm in two small jumps. Be braver. You can't cross a chasm in two small jumps. David Lloyd George. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. And don't forget that the show is both a podcast and a newsletter. So you can get more information about everything you just heard by subscribing to the newsletter or reading the blog posts for each episode. Also keep in mind that I do the show weekly, but if you're not a member, you're currently only getting every other odd numbered episode. And if you want to get every episode of the podcast and newsletter, you can become a member at danielmeesler.com slash subscribe for less than a latte per month. Being a member will also get you access to the subscriber area of the site, which is the home for all previous member episodes, as well as other types of premium and experimental content. We'll see you next time.